2: Hello and welcome back to season six of Mads World. I've missed you guys so much and I'm so excited to share this season with you. With so many wonderful guests lined up paired with some fantastic conversation, you're going to bloody love it. I've been thinking a lot about rejection recently after experiencing a couple of pies in the face, which I will get into, and have been wondering why exactly we find it so difficult and so confronting. Joining me this week to dissect rejection is the lovely Alana Dunn. Alana hosts a dating podcast of her own, seeing other people, helping people feel less alone and more empowered in their dating life. We chat through a couple of recent rejections of our own, explore why rejection is so difficult, the effects it can have on your self-esteem, being rejected by a friend and much, much more. Hi Alana, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. We have been trying to get this podcast recorded for so long, so I'm so glad that we're finally doing it. I'm proud of us.
3: Like, we actually made it happen. <laughs> it may have taken four months, but we did it.
2: Literally, it's been going on for so long, but I'm, I'm, I'm super excited that you're here. Let's jump into our speed date question round so everyone listening can get more of an idea about you. So can you tell me a bit more about your podcast, Seeing Other People, and how it all began? Yeah, so I
3: started seeing other people last January, January 2021, um, Mm -hmm. but really seeing other people kind of was in the works for a while before that. Mm -hmm. I worked at Hinge for a little over two years and I actually had launched a podcast for them called Dating Sucks because Mm -hmm. I was making video content for them and talking to all of Hinge's like followers and users on social media and stuff and i realized over time like the more i opened up about my own dating struggles the more people felt seen and understood and less alone and so i wanted to create a space and a community where people could really come to if they were confused, if they were struggling with something. And not only would they learn from experts how to navigate it better, but they would also hear from other people who had been through similar things or who were currently going through similar things and all of that working together to just make people feel less alone and more empowered in their dating lives.
2: That's awesome that makes you the perfect guest for this podcast as well because I think we've definitely got similar goals there which is really great and apart from uh, your podcast what else is keeping you busy at the moment?
3: Oh my goodness, so many things. I So I've been freelancing um, the whole time that I've been doing the podcast. I am currently winding down my freelancing, though, to do Seeing Other People Full-Time, which has been a mm-hmm. goal for a really long time, and I'm incredibly excited about it. That's awesome, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's been a lot. Um, it's tax season, and this is my first time having to do like freelancer taxes, so that's mm-hmm. been crazy. Oh god, that and, is something I'm so
2: not looking forward to.
3: <laughs> yes, I. it's been wild, and yeah. I definitely did not prepare myself properly. Properly for it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and beyond that, I am a new dog mom. Well, six months I've ah. had him now, so not that new, but he still acts like he's new and needs a lot of attention. So, what kind of dog is he? Me busy. He's a ten-month-old Shih Tzu Bichon.
2: Love that. I have a similar dog. He's a Maltese Shih Tzu, but he's in Australia. Oh, so so yeah. cute. So, so cute. And my next question is, what are you most grateful for right now?
3: I have actually been thinking about this a lot. I've been mm-hmm. kind of having a t- hard time over the last like month or so, oh, no. just balancing everything. And it's like an mm-hmm. overwhelming time in the world. And, and I, yeah. I think about everything that's going on a lot. And i really feel grateful for my friends and my family who have been so patient with me Mm -hmm. through like many twists and turns in my career in my relationships in my life but Most recently, just they've been so patient and understanding to like all of my complaining and just like my constant stress and and texting them and calling them a million times to express how stressed I am. And I realized that at some point I have to actually do something about it. But in the meantime, they've been just really supportive and patient with me. So I'm really grateful for them.
2: That's amazing. Yeah, I think that's one thing that the pandemic definitely taught us and everything that's going on is the people around you and how important they are. I th- I definitely feel the same way.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Who inspires you?
3: Right now, well, okay, two part. One, mm-hmm. I will say my boyfriend has been inspiring me lately, partially because Aww. of how patient he's been with me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I actually think... Like I don't understand how I haven't like made him go absolutely crazy lately mm-hmm. with how stressed I've been and just me texting him every day. Like I was just explaining like he gets the worst of it. And I, I've always been really conscious. Like I would never want to make him like a punching bag in a mm-hmm. sense. But I do express all of my frustration to him nonstop. And I feel really badly about that. Um, but it he's been inspiring me with like how he's really just like – Kind of powered through it and and not let it bother him, not let it ruin like everything else we have going on. Um, and then in addition to that, I feel like right now I've been really inspired by my friends. You know, my friends and I all have incredibly different jobs, and three of my best friends are doing amazing things. One of them is a teacher. One of them is graduating medical school um, in two months, and the other is about to graduate. Uh, social work school. And so I've just been so proud of them for how much they've accomplished and how they've been in school and doing all these things through like the pandemic and how difficult that's been. But it's amazing to see how far they've come and and the impact they're going to have on people.
2: Yeah, it's so crazy how like you can have so many different friends doing so many different things. Like sometimes when my friends are like speaking really passionately about their jobs, I'm like, okay, wow, there's like actually a whole other jobs and industries out there that I literally have no idea what they do or how they're doing it. But yeah, you're so right. It's so inspiring to see people finding their passion in different fields, isn't it?
3: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's really nice. And um, when do you feel truly alive? This is such a deep question, but I I was looking through the questions I was going to ask you and I was like, oh my God, I don't even know the answer to this for me. <laughs> but um, what about you? Well, the
3: first time I felt truly alive was on August sixteenth, nineteen ninety four, when I was born. (laughs) Uh, But since then I feel I think most like truly alive. Actually when I'm at a concert with friends and just kind of dancing, singing, feeling Mm -hmm. so carefree. It's like you forget everything in the world around you, you forget all of your problems, you forget anything that's negative happening in your life and you're just like in that moment and it's the most incredible feeling in the world and I know we didn't get to go to concerts for a while, so I went to a bunch um, over the summer Mm -hmm. And it was just like the most incredible feeling in the world.
2: (laughs) That's so good. Yeah, that's definitely, I think, similar for me. I love going to a gig. I try to go to one like every two weeks, especially in London. Oh, that's that's impressive. I know there's so many to go to and they're so cheap. Like, I mean, not massive concerts, but um, yeah, even just little ones like local pubs and stuff. It's so much fun. And you can like, again, just seeing people that are so passionate about what they do. is. I find that so awesome. I think traveling as well. Whenever I'm away and like you're just somewhere hot and you look around you and all the worries of home and work and family and everything that you that you stress about it just it's not right in front of you and you really feel like oh okay this is what it's about this is good
3: yeah you also feel like oh my god there's this whole other world over here and all of these people speaking this language doing their stuff it's like traveling really puts everything into perspective and it's like oh my god like there's so much out there.
2: Yeah. And it kind of helps the anxiety of real life to melt away because you can get so wrapped up in, you know, texting a guy that you like, or you drunk call someone and you feel bad about it, or like you, you know, make a mistake at work and it makes you feel shit. And then when you're, once you're away from all of that, you realize like, oh God, like those problems are really small.
3: <laughs> yeah, completely. Yeah.
2: Um, and my final question is, which is my favorite question, it's every week on the podcast and it is, what is your funniest date story?
3: Okay. There are so many directions I could go in <laughs> with this one. And what I think what I want to do is kind of mention something that happened. It happened a while ago, it, it, but it's not like a date story. It's like kind of like a pre-date story. It's with the guy I was talking to. We weren't like dating, but it's really funny. And I think it is worthy of being my funniest date story or at least Amazing. one of them. Um, so I was a senior in college and, um, I had my sorority's date party was coming up and I wanted to ask my friend from, he was my friend from home. He was two years younger. Um, he, we went to the same college and we were like friends. Like we had like made out a few times, but we were just friends. And I was like, you know what? Like, I don't want to deal with all the drama of like asking like X, Y, Z person. Like, I'm just going to ask, let's call him, Alex, like, I'm just yeah. gonna ask Alex because I know it'll be so fun. It'll be carefree. Like, yeah, we can like make out on the dance floor and like have a great time, and <laughs> it won't mean anything, and it'll just be perfect. Yeah. So I asked, I text Alex. I'm like, do you want to come to like a E five formal or like date? Screw whatever it was called. Um, and he was like, oh my god. So you're literally the fifth person in your sorority to ask me. <gasps> oh my god. And I already told. Let's call, like let's say like I already told Maddie uh-huh. that I'm going with her. But then, like, Emily and Ali asked, and, like, I already said t- no to, like, a few other people, but, Alana, I'd so much rather go with you. Oh, and no. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. Like, what did I just get myself into? I was asking this kid to avoid drama. So he said he was going to like work, like get out of it and say like, oh my God, like I'm so sorry. I already promised Solana. Like I totally forgot. Like she's like, she's going to kill me, whatever. (laughs) And so that's not the funny part. The funny part is Mm -hmm. that I'm sitting in a room with 10 of my friends telling them this story and we had just smoked. We were like super high and I'm reading like the texts to them of this conversation with Alex. Oh God. And this isn't a situation where like, you know, we've all heard the situations where you screenshot and accidentally send to the person. No, I accidentally send him set a four minute voice note (gasps) of me explaining. Oh my God. The situation. Oh no, but he said he'd much rather go with me. So he's going to like do all this shit to make it happen. And I, Maddie, I, I realized that while I'm high, I realized that. And I just stare in like with my jaw dropped in oh silence, god. just stare at my phone for two minutes. My friends were like, Oh, Anna, Oh, are you okay? <laughs> and I was dying. And thank God this wasn't a guy I actually liked. Like they yeah. thought it was like a funny thing and I knew he would take it like a champ. Oh my but god. But I finally was like, Okay, you guys, I have to tell you what just happened. They're like, <laughs> What? <laughs> and then I can't somehow deal with that. <laughs> I accidentally sent him another voice note. <laughs> I sent him another voice note of me explaining how I accidentally sent him no. the voice note to my friends. Alana, it no. was oh my God. horrifying, but he thought it was the funniest thing in the world. So oh it gosh. ended up being okay. But oh my God, had that, that been somebody I genuinely like, had a crush on or like an older guy or something, I think I would have dropped dead right there.
2: That is insane. Do you know what that reminds you of something that happened to me in uni is um, I was chatting to like a few different guys as you do and this isn't when I used to use iMessage I use WhatsApp now but I was on a night out and I just wanted to send like like a bunch like I just wanted to send the same message to all the boys I was speaking to and I was just like hey are you well hey how are you and it turned into a group iMessage and all of the oh boys my god were in the chat together and two of them knew each other and they were like who made this what's going on and then one of them was like Alex what are you doing in here (laughs) who made this group chat and I'm just there like oh my god how do I get myself out of this out of this chat that I created with all the boys that I like and yeah just like totally ruined it with all of them so it's just
3: like anything can happen and we shouldn't have access to phones when we like someone
2: honestly it's just something that they wouldn't have had to deal with back in the 90s and I'm really jealous about that
3: (laughs) beyond it's not fair
2: Oh, Christ. Well, thanks again for joining the podcast. I was hoping we can have a discussion about rejection because when you and I uh, first wanted to have a podcast together, something happened to me in terms of a rejection. And it was just something that really got me thinking. And I'm going to tell you the story of it now. And then I've got a few questions from listeners and from myself that I thought we could chat about. So I basically went out with this guy on a date I thought it went really well. I really fancied him. I was texting the girls and I was like, oh, I really like this guy. He's so fit. You know, it's going to be really hard for me not to sleep with him or go home with him tonight because, like, obviously when you really like someone, you don't want to do the whole first date thing because, you know, what boys are like. So, um, yeah, I the next day I thought it went really well.
1: You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry.
0: A lot can happen in three years. Like a
1: chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.
2: And I was at work, and I was telling everyone about my amazing date, and I was sort of like, oh, it, it was so good. Like, I really fancy him, blah, blah, blah. And I could see him online on WhatsApp, and he was he hadn't texted me. And I'm like this is such a bad sign. But also I didn't want to be like a crazy obsessive girl, like, but I couldn't help it because I thought it went really well. And then I ended up texting him and I was just kind of like, um, how was last night? How was this? Blah, blah, blah. How was your day? And he was kind of just like, yeah, last night was good. Had a good day. And I was just like, and then I literally wrote, okay, you know, I'm not a robot. You can be honest. Like if last night wasn't what you were looking for, like, just let me know. And then, he said, I really enjoyed chatting, but I didn't think there was much of a romantic connection, but good luck with what you're looking for. And I was like, okay, thanks for being honest. And then the next week he screenshots seeing me on Tinder and sends it to me and he goes, I recognize this person. And I was like, "Uh, okay, what? cool. <laughs> cool." And then he just, what? I know. <laughs> and then I, like you rejected me. Like why are you messaging me again? Yeah, don't come back. You're not allowed yeah, to do that. And- do not Literally, come back. Actually, excuse me. And then you. get this, Alana. He goes, feel free to phone me tipsy at three AM. <gasps> oh? Wait, at what what time
3: did he send you that screenshot the initial? Literally text?
2: at 8 PM in the night. Like that's weird. Yeah, on a Monday. Like it's serious. Yeah, like, he wasn't even drunk when he said this, but he's like, feel free to phone me tipsy at 3am. Like, basically saying, there's no romantic connection there for me, but I'll still shag you if you're desperate. Like, what the actual fuck? And so I was just like, I just didn't reply. And then I basically, like, just went absolutely ham on him, like, later that week. And I was like, sorry, but you need to understand how fucked this is. Like, please never do this to another girl don't reject me, rub it in my face with a weird Tinder screenshot, and then ask me to sleep with you when I'm drunk. Like, that is so fucked up.
3: Good for you for saying something. I know, something. that's what I said.
2: And the girls are like, just leave it, just leave it. And I'm like, no, he. Ca- you yep. can't do that. That's not acceptable behavior. So yeah, this just got me thinking, I'm like, why do I care? What is rejection all about? Like, why does it feel so bad? So I was hoping that you could tell me about a time that you were rejected and it doesn't have to be that deep. Like we don't have to go through the ringer if it's like a painful story. But, um, yeah, after that, I thought we could just have a chat about rejection and, and why it feels the way it does.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I kind of want to start by calling out like at least like he did the re- at first he did the respectful thing. Yeah. He did send you that like anti-ghosting yeah. message, um, I will say, like, I don't know how you use WhatsApp. If, if you can see when someone's online, that would drive me absolutely <laughs> insane. Like, thank God iMessage does not do that. I've actually told guys, like, if you're going to text me, you have to turn your read receipts off. Like, I can't have you <laughs> have <having> them on because, <laughs> like, that would drive me crazy. Yeah. But even, like, with Instagram, the second they, sa- like, said, okay, you can toggle to see someone's activity or, like, the last time they were online, I instantly went to settings and turned that off because I was like, no, this is not.
2: My anxiety cannot deal with that.
3: <laughs> yeah, my anxiety can't handle it. <laughs> um, But the, the frustrating thing is, like, he did do – the the polite thing at first yeah. by saying I it's not the romantic action I'm looking yeah. for like once you close that door you can't open it back yeah. up unless like somebody a, a listener messaged me last week and said like she had sent that message to somebody after a first date and at and like at first she like there was something wrong with him. She just like didn't really feel a spark, but then she ran into him in person yeah. and they talked and she started thinking like, oh, like should I have given him another mm. chance? So she was debating it. I think in that situation you could say like, you know what, I was having a really hard week. Like I actually like would love to see you again if you're open yeah. to it. I think in that situation, like that's okay to open the door, but really open the door, being open-minded, like commit to like giving them a real try, maybe like two more dates with them or something. But no, if you're just gonna come back and be like, all right, well, I already like, let you down easy but like now if you want to bang like sure i'm in no you can
2: no never do that <laughs> never do that literally like i was just in shock like, i i just think the audacity of this person is unreal <laughs>
3: Oh, beyond. I mean, my jaw would have been absolutely on the floor.
2: But yeah, I'd love to hear from you a story like, have you had a time when you felt really rejected and, and a time that it just made you feel really confused? 100%. Mm. And
3: I mean, of course, there's a million situations I could give where it's like after one date or after a few dates. Um, but I think... The situations that I want to kind of emphasize because this is something that happened to me a few times. It's something that I really struggled with in my dating life, where it wasn't like after the first like three or four dates. It was like maybe between like date eight and ten, where like I really thought that this was going somewhere, and I thought we were on the same page, Mm. and I just found out out of nowhere they were like, oh, like. I'm not actually looking for something serious or like, yeah, like we were talking about like career goals and stuff. And it would come up that like, they're not looking for a relationship. And to me, that was like, of course, I totally understand. Not everyone is always looking for Mm -hmm. a relationship. I mean, I always was, but that's just me. But for somebody to, to be like, going on this progression of dates where they're getting like more deep, more intimate, like more, we're getting more vulnerable each time. It's starting to feel like, wow, this is really going somewhere. You start to get real feelings. And for them to then tell you like, actually, like, I really like hanging out with you and I want to keep hanging out with you, but I want to let you know I'm not looking for a relationship. That to me was such a tough pill to swallow. Yeah.
2: 10 dates in, like they've committed a lot of time to getting to know you.
3: 100%. And 10 dates in, you have real feelings for someone. And 10 dates in, you expect that they're going to like do the right thing and treat you well. And if they didn't want a relationship, that's something that should have been said on dates one to three. That can't be, that can't, you can't get past date three without communicating that you're not looking for something. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, Somebody is going to get hurt. Yeah,
2: it just seems weird. Like he was hiding it.
3: Yeah. And this happened like with multiple people. Mm. And the reason that type of rejection hurt so much and is so much more painful, I think, is because at that point they already know you really well. Like these guys knew Mm. me. They like they knew who I was. They knew what spending time with me was like. And maybe in the beginning, if they were like, Oh yeah, like maybe if I meet the right person or I meet someone who I really like or who's really special, maybe I will want a relationship. So I'm not gonna say something. This was like they got to know me and they decided no i am not going to date this girl i don't want to date this girl like i don't see her as a special person in my life and that really really sucked and i much would much rather would have had that been spelled out for me up front and that's kind of why I learned like you have to figure it out in the first few dates whether they tell you or not you have to at least ask or at least tell them what you're looking for so that in that way that at least they know and hopefully they'll do the right thing if they're not alone, it definitely
2: has a massive impact on your self-worth and your self-esteem when something like that happens too because you've sort of shown that person you know like certain sides of you that you might not show other people and when you open up to someone and then they're sort of like oh it's not good enough It it really kind of destabilizes the image you have of yourself and it makes you forget like what makes you important and it kind of makes you, it, it sort of makes you forget all of the good things about yourself. And it can be really difficult, especially if you if you don't open up with your friends and, you know, boost feelings of connection and stuff again with with your mates because I think rejection ultimately, it, it can leave you feeling so unsettled and just like untethered socially, which can be really jarring.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really like uniquely beautiful way to describe how we mm-hmm. feel and I think part of it is like we feel so alone. We feel so isolated. And yeah, you're right. Part of it is because we don't want to talk to our friends about it because we feel embarrassed and we feel ashamed mm-hmm. and especially if, you know, our friends are in relationships and it's like, well, they're deserving of love and and people are can love them, but clearly that's not the same for me or sometimes you don't want to Like you don't feel like you can keep complaining to your friends about the same things Mm. over and over. And unfortunately with dating and, and dating apps and the way modern dating is now, like you get rejected so much and probably so much more than 10, 20, 30 years ago because if you, it's like every, every single thing feels like a rejection. You know, if you match with someone on a dating app and they don't message you. Yeah, they
2: you. don't reply. And that happens so much. Exactly.
3: Or you get into a conversation and you think it's going well and then they disappear. Yeah. That feels like rejection. Or you go on a date and then you don't hear from them again. That feels like rejection. You go on a date and you p- talk about planning another date and then it never happens.
2: Yeah. They're like micro rejections. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it is, there are
3: so many different kinds of rejections. And even even math- liking somebody on an app who you get excited about because you're like, oh, like their profile seems great. I really hope they like me back. And they don't. That feels like a rejection. Mm. So it's we're, we're being hit with rejection left and right yeah. at a rate that I don't think anyone – was ever meant to experience. And it can be so hard. It can build up so much and and make us feel like we're less than or not deserving or not good enough. Mm. But that is not true
2: yeah and you know what's weird is that I was doing some reading today about rejection and I read something like a an article about scientists put people into like an MRI machine and ask them to think about a recent rejection and something that sort of hurt them and apparently the same parts of the brain activate and light up when we experience rejection as when we experience physical pain and so even those small rejections like the constant micro rejections that you're getting every day on something like a dating app or you know even on social media if you upload a photo and it doesn't get enough likes or you know just little things like that it's it's interesting isn't it the that rejection sort of works in the same way as pain
3: totally and and i completely believe it and you know it's kind of similar i know with breakups where you're like your brain literally becomes addicted to that person. And so when you don't see them, all you want is them. And then when you see that they posted an Instagram story, even if you're trying not to look at it, like just seeing that their their face lit up or seeing that they texted you or that like they liked your picture is that hit of dopamine. Yes. And yeah. it, it draws you back in, even if it's just one time typing their name in to see if they posted something. That is that hit of dopamine. And it gets you more hooked and further, like it separates you from moving on even more because you keep going back to it.
2: So in saying that you had multiple times where you felt rejected, how did you overcome it and how do you get over it? What are some tips that we can offer people to sort of help them feel better about themselves after something like that happens?
3: Yeah, I think there's a few things. I think one is Really, trying to step back from the situation, and this is incredibly difficult to do. I don't think mm. I've ever done it successfully in the moment. like a lot of the time it does take hindsight or therapy or really talking to like friends or or someone close to you about it. But most of the time rejection actually isn't personal. You have to. Think about it from the perspective of like dating. Okay, you are trying to find fit yourself with somebody else. Come together and create a partnership and create this unique thing where you can mold your life into someone else's and you can spend your lives together and deal with families, deal with finances, deal with new life and death and Mm -hmm. moving and job changes and literally like a million different things that are going to happen over the course of a marriage. Mm -hmm. And- So you're looking for that while you're going on dates and we all have different experiences from our past and different things that we're looking for in someone and for everything about you to line up perfectly with everything about the person you're going on a date with or for all of the characteristics you value in someone to be found in that person sitting across the table from you and vice versa for it to be a fit that is near impossible. Mm-hmm. And so you have to realize it's not going to work out with everyone you go on a date with. In fact, it's actually not going to work out with every single person it works out with until it works out. Like Even if you think it's going really well, it's either going to finally work out or at some point it's not going to work out. And so you have to remember like it's not personal. It's about trying to make like one and one equal one. (laughs) Like it's not trying to make one plus one equals two. You're trying to make one plus one equal a new one. And it's
2: really tough. It's interesting when you say like, just remember it's not personal because if you think of all the times that you've been on a date and all the times I've been on a date, there's been times when I just haven't felt, you know, I haven't felt a connection with that person. And it's not because of anything they did. It's not because of, you know, they were bad or they were ugly or they were stupid or, you know, they're a loser or anything. It's just because I just didn't feel it. But it's nothing negative about that person. And totally. it's, it the same applies to you if someone felt that way about you. I think it can be hard to accept that. But in terms of overcoming it, I think you just have to have no, no tolerance for self-criticism because I remember texting my friends and saying, what's wrong with me? Why did he feel that way? How can I be so wrong about someone when I think it's going well? And, you know, he obviously thought that it was a crap date, blah, blah, blah. Like you just can't fall into that trap because it's so addictive to have that negative self-talk. And if you've got friends that can talk you out of it, that's great. But I think it comes from within and it's something that people might not speak to their friends about at at all. And I think that men might not speak to their friends about it as much as women do. So I think it's just remembering that you shouldn't have tolerate you shouldn't be tolerant for that self-criticism and you just deserve better than that to speak to yourself so negatively.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love what you pointed out about how like – you've been on so many dates and I've been on so many Mm. dates where there was nothing wrong with the person. We
2: just didn't
3: feel like it was the right fit. And, you know, I can think back to so many dates where I was like, oh my God, I'm obsessed with this person. Like I want them to be my best friend. And unfortunately that's not realistic, but like, I wish I could, like, I really want them to know how truly great I think they are. But I know that no matter what way I say that, in me telling them, like, I don't want another date. Like, I don't see this going anywhere romantically. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not actually going to believe it. Because it's really hard to differentiate a text that's like, hey, I had a really great time. You're really great. But I don't feel that connection I'm looking for as like a, just a general anti-ghosting text. Or like, a, hey, I had a really great time. Like, I think you're so awesome. And I wish you like the best of luck. And hopefully we can be friends. Like, it all just sounds so at this point robotic and like, we know everyone has a saved note in their phone. Uh, And you know what, if you don't have that saved note in your phone, please write that saved note in your phone with like a standard rejection text to fill in the blank because it's, it helps you actually send that text as opposed to just thinking about sending it and then feeling awkward and then ghosting them. Um, But you know, at this point it's like the polite thing to do is just to send that text. But yeah, it's hard to like tell somebody non-romantically like, Oh my Mm -hmm. God, I'm obsessed with you. Like you can't actually do that after a date, but But most of the time, it's it's not because somebody's not attractive enough, or Mm. didn't ask you the right questions, or doesn't have the right kind of job for you, or isn't good enough. Like I I don't think I've ever gone on a date with somebody and left feeling like no, that person's not good enough for me, Mm -hmm. or like no, like that person doesn't deserve love, or that person should never be in a serious relationship. Like I don't leave dates thinking that. I leave dates thinking oh, that person's really awesome. But like, I don't think our futures align or the things that we want out of our lives and our our family plans and stuff aren't the same. So it's not going to work out.
2: I think there's other types of rejection as well. So obviously there's romantic rejection and there's rejection when someone breaks up with you, which, you know, is probably, I would argue, one of the hardest things to go through. But have you ever been rejected by a friend or, you know, a friend that you've known for a long time or a work colleague, you know, has it ever happened to you? And do you think it's worse or the same or not as bad than that of a romantic interest?
3: I think that friendship, like rejections Mm -hmm. and friendship breakups are the most painful thing that we go through. Um, it feels like losing a person. Like it feels like something inside of you and, and somebody, you know, died. It's a
2: grieving process, I think.
3: Without a doubt, and. I think part of the reason it's so painful is because we don't – people don't talk about it. People don't talk about friendship issues and having to communicate with friendships, with like your friends about serious things and and the fact that over time we all grow and change and our friends grow and change. And sometimes we will end up at really different places in our lives. We will end up valuing different things and wanting different things and not necessarily supporting what our friend is doing or, or them not necessarily supporting what we're mm. doing. But We don't talk about that and we try and just brush it under the rug. So, when it does end up blowing up in our face, like it can be so difficult to navigate. And when you find out that, like, your friend who you've been friends with for five years, 10 years, 15 years, whatever it is, like, doesn't love you the way they did, doesn't feel like your friendship is the same, doesn't feel like you can continue being friends, it's like, oh my God what did I do wrong? Where did I go wrong? How could they think this of me? And then you start to turn it around on them being like, well, this is their fault. Like Because again, it's like we don't have as much open communication in our friendships for the most part as we try and do in our romantic relationships just because – we were never really taught to do that.
2: It's like you were saying before as well. When you went on eight to ten dates with people, and then you know the sting of the rejection is so much worse because you've opened up to that person and they know they're beginning to know the real you. But I think when it happens with a friend, they're so integrated in your life and they know every part of you. Like they're they've been there for certain memories in your life and times in your life that were difficult and you know th- times where you want to reminisce about things. So losing that, it is like it's sort of like a death in a way. And it's, it's so much worse than, you know, 10 dates in and seeing your future with someone because this person has been there for all these times in your life and, and suddenly they're not. So I think the sting of that rejection, yeah, you're right, is so much worse.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And I think another part of it is the layer of like, Well, you have your friendship with them and and you might be part of a friend group and then people have to – people are uh, like involved. There's no way to Mm. keep it just between you two. And and this is something that I've gone through over the last few years and I've had a few friendship breakups and friendship like breaks Mm -hmm. where it was really like a year or two long break Mm -hmm. um, because we – I think part of it was like built up tension over time that was never addressed. And then like you explode, they explode. Like it's nobody's fault, but it's just not working. But I mean, it, I will say like one of my, actually two of my be- like best, best friends from college from the first day of freshman year and I, we all lived together for two years after college and in living the, in the three of us living together, a lot of things fell apart. Mm-hmm. Um, they like there were the two of them had relationships and I and I wasn't in a relationship Mm and so like for me I felt like oh well like they don't really care about hanging out with me anymore because all they want to do is hang out with their boyfriends and like now suddenly like I was wanted to live with my two best friends I'm living with my two best friends and these two boys who stay over five nights a week and so I felt really left out and really alone and like but I didn't want to tell them like no you need to pay more attention to me like I need I need more of you because I wanted them to be happy in their relationships. And so, but at the same time I was building up that resentment towards them and I, I felt like upset. And so then for them, they were like, well, Alana seems fine, but she's like acting differently towards us. Like, what are we doing? Like, what could we be doing differently? But I was like brushing under the rug. I'm like, no, like everything's great. And like, you know, there'll be, like, sometimes where someone says, like, are you mad at me? And the other person's like, no, but, like, they are, but they don't want to say yeah, that. And then yeah. they'll be like, are you at- mad at me? And it's like, no, no, of course not. Yeah, and you
2: don't actually speak about it.
3: Exactly. And, you know, in this situation, it actually, like, really, really escalated. And I was also going through a lot at the time, but it got to a point where the three of us actually all moved out early because we could not be around each other. Yeah, we could not it's a shame when that other. happens
2: with living with friends. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we
3: ended up, like, taking like literally like we didn't talk like none of us talked for like six to 12 yeah. months and it was really sad and it was really hard but we're like we're back and better than ever and it's mm-hmm. so funny now in hindsight a few years out of it we're like can you believe there was like a period of time where we weren't best friends yeah um but it was it, it took time for us to understand each other and understand like the place in our lives that each other was at and how like, yeah, we are going to grow and change. We're not always going to be those same people that just like got drunk and went to frat parties together and like did homework in the library. Like people grow up and people go through a lot of changes and you have to be patient. You have to be understanding and you have to always try and see a situation from your friend's perspective. I
2: think as well, it's really important to note that like people change over time, but also your friendships don't need to stay the same forever. Like some friends that – I had when I first moved to London you know our lives were so involved like we worked together and we went out together and we did everything together and now I see those girls like you know once a year and that's kind of all all we all need from that friendship like it's great to catch up Mm -hmm. it's great to reminisce about those times but friendships aren't always supposed to stay exactly the same so I'm so happy that you are speaking with those girls again it's nice to know that you know once once something has sort of broken down and, and the friendship has changed you know you can revive it and I think in terms of utilizing rejection as something positive to bounce off it's really good to remember that you just shouldn't let rejection stop you from like future endeavors whether it is dating or whether it's putting yourself out there to meet a new friend it's yeah it's just really cool that i think you can t- you can turn rejection into something positive when you look at all of the wins you've had too
3: absolutely and i think you can also learn a lot from rejection you know you can learn like, okay, why did this not work out with this person or with this type of person? Like Mm. what, not what did I did wrong? Like not what did I do wrong, but what went wrong or what wasn't right in this situation? And then you can learn from that moving forward. Like, okay, you know what? Like somebody who is this type of person or like some, like I, I learned that like, I want kids and this person does like absolutely does not. And that's why they do not, See a future with me. And even though I like them, that's really important. And so I need to make sure that I am being more upfront with people in the future about the fact that I do want kids. Because if they're, if they don't want kids, it's never gonna work out. And I think a lot of the times if you can get to the root of why the situation didn't work, like why you quote unquote got rejected, then you can actually learn that like it's something that is important and it's something mm-hmm. that actually matters to you. And they were just the ones who saw it first as like a, a fatal flaw of the partnership. And so a lot of times it's really like figuring out what your true deal breakers are and and what you do want and finding the people who want the same things rather than going on dates with X person because they work X cool job and you think they make a lot of money and they're cute. But like finding out it's not going to work out with them versus looking for somebody who wants kids who wants to have kids in the next 5 years if that's what you want or wants to like settle down in 10 years and and travel the world first like you have to figure out what you do want and then the more you can look for people who fit that and I don't mean like that that superficial checklist that you have but really like the things you value in life and the things you can't live without in a partnership and in your future um I think finding the right kinds of people you'll continue to learn and you'll continue to Have better dating experiences and grow from them, and maybe face less of that rejection that feels like, oh, I'm not good enough. It's more like, oh, we're just misaligned.
2: Learning to be kind to yourself as well is a massive part of that. So, amongst learning what you want and learning why things didn't work out and unpicking all the reasons why you may have got rejected, I think just like stopping that negative self-talk and learning to be kind to yourself is such a powerful tool as well because you can use that in so many times in life whether it's like you don't get a job that you wanted or you do have a a terrible date or whatever it's just important to not let yourself get sucked into negative self-talk as well
3: yeah absolutely I also think like figuring out oh, like maybe there were some early on red flags that like I ignored Yes, that yeah, definitely led to this rejection. But if I actually looked out for them in the future, I could realize that this isn't going to work out and I could like close the door on this sooner to avoid me getting hurt.
2: Yeah, and you might be overlooking red flags as well because someone is really attractive or they're really rich or they have a really cool job and they're really intelligent. But, you know, there's probably parts of your like you as a pair that weren't compatible and maybe that person could just see it better than you could at the time because you were overlooking things yeah
0: absolutely
2: oh well this has been such a great air thank you so much for jumping on the podcast and um yeah we'll definitely have to do another one of these soon because it's been so great to chat with you yes and I would love to have you on seeing Yay! other people because I just know
3: <laughs> you have so much to talk oh, about oh god I really do the dating <laughs> and relationship realm. Oh, yeah. um, so we will definitely make that happen thank you for having me thank you
2: again I hope you enjoyed my chat with the gorgeous Alana please let me know on my Instagram it's at madsworld.mp3 or my website madsworld.co if you have any stories or thoughts of your own to share love and elbow taps peace